if they can make us feel better regardless of the conditions we're going through, then so much the better. What we're going through now are major changes towards a global society, which will go through steps of amalgamation into the three trading blocks of the world under a United Nations front government, fronting for the fascists at the top, of course. And also, after that, there's a big push towards creating a better slave race through genetic engineering. That's why we've been going this way. So, yeah, they're pulling out different types of weaponry to dope us. Uh, and as we go through these major changes, so that we don't object too much to what they're, they're up to. I'll be back after the following messages. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor. The rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Alan Watt back here with Cutting Through the Matrix. Talking about the drugging of the populations. As I mentioned before, it's not a new idea. It's been written about from top think tanks going back 50, 60 years. They tried to even practice with LSD on different parts of the populations back in the 1930s and 40s after they first discovered it. And if you want to know who the main character was in pushing this for Britain, and the ideas of drugging the population. You can look at Victor Rothschild, who worked for the British military, the Port and Downs Institute for Bacterial and Chemical Warfare. If you read the book by Perry called The Fifth Man, you'll find information about that in there, and also read Spycatcher. Spycatcher is an excellent book by Peter Wright, who worked for MI6, the only man who really who clued into the fact that there was a third party running the Soviet Union and the British intelligence services to make sure that none of them actually bombed anybody by mistake. Only those beneath them thought the war was real, this Cold War, as they looted their own countries through taxation, etc. to create bigger weapons and satellite for the, for the future, which would be used to track us all. That's what the Cold War was all about. It was to advance technology with unlimited financing through taxation because it was a Cold War, but a war nonetheless, supposedly, and that gave them the excuse to get all the funding for their incredible satellite weaponry, which is already up there. Stars Wars technology has been up there for a long time, and it's still to be used mainly on populations. And they have done trial testing of scalar-type weaponry, outside of the HARP technologies, which are actually satellite-linked. I've used it on Canada and North America. But getting back to the, to the spraying of the populace, I always think of Lucy in the sky with diamonds. And, and uh, from the Beatles era, and sometimes you'll notice when the heavy spraying goes on, and you'll see 
sunbursts. You see rainbow-type sunbursts around the cloud. And, clouds, and, and what that is, actually, is uh, the polymer acting like magnifying glasses. And you see sunbursts in circular or ovular colors around the sun, little ovals around the sun. And that's what they are. It's the heavy, heavy polymer content in the spraying. And the polymer was first invented by, by Heller, uh, or Keller, who brought the, the uh, H-bomb to us, the, another nice genius, another psychopath. And uh, it was invented to carry viruses and bacterium down to the ground. That's what the polymer is for, and that's that mushy stuff you're seeing above your heads. So we're under attack. We're under attack from our food supply, where governments made secret agreements with Monsanto and other companies to genetically modify the food, because food is always used as a weapon on people. And they're going after the water, too. We know they've done it with the fluoride for many, many years, a poison which does make us dumb, stupid, and compliant. And they're all, now they're also poisoning the air. So we're under tremendous attack as we go through massive changes. And that's part of the reason that people are losing their critical thinking abilities, because they're under basically a warfare type of attack from many, many fronts. Once again, look at from the controller's point of view. You have to bring a whole world from where it was, from its past histories, its past cultures, its past beliefs, and all the rest of it through to a new society with as little complaining as possible. And we're all being diverted uh, under the guise of terrorism uh, to just all go along like sheep. Don't stick your head up, follow the leader, and keep your mouth shut because that's what terrorism is all about. You'll find in the writings of Karl Marx, which should be studied by people because he was taught by the best bankers in history, Karl Marx went through the whole necessity of using terror, why it was necessary, why it worked on whole populations, because he knew that the job of communism was to centralize a government. That was the first thing they had to do. That's why Karl Marx congratulated Lincoln after the, the Civil War in America, you can congratulate him, and you'll find that in the congressional records or Marx's letter to Lincoln for centralizing a powerful government over the Americas. Well, Lenin said the same thing, and he knew that his job was to bring in dozens of smaller countries with their own cultures and systems, some princedoms and kingdoms and all the rest of it, into one main system of standardization, a centralized type of government all working the same way, same bureaucracies, same educational system, of course, which is very necessary. And he also knew that it would only last about 70 years. Uh, Lenin said that eventually, after the dictatorship era, it will eventually blend, that the communism would move out to the West, and it would blend with capitalism, and the outcome would be not quite capitalist nor communist. He's talking about a new type of socialist system, uh, where the people are run by vast bureaucracies, multi-layered bureaucracies and experts, technocracies, but above them would be the fascist elite of the CEOs of the international corporations. That ties right in with the book uh, written by Professor Carl Quigley on, on the Anglo-American establishment and Tragedy and Hope, the two main books that he wrote. 
exposing this, where they're bringing in a new feudal-type system for the future, where the CEOs of big international corporations who move around these corporations like musical chairs and they also move back into politics for a while and then back into the CEO positions, they will be the ones responsible for deciding what laws will be pushed in which countries. And that's already happening. They're the biggest, most powerful lobby groups on the planet, and you'll find them all around your governmental buildings. So much for the ordinary person's say in this great system of democracy or republicanism. To be honest with you, it doesn't matter anymore. What is, is. What it should be is a different thing, but what is, is. And those at the top are treating the whole world as a form of democracy. Democracy is the best bet for them because you can always be sure that the vast majority of the public, about 87%, will vote the way and go along with the way they're told to. They only have trouble from a very small minority who understand the games that are going on, but who are generally fairly powerless financially to do anything about it. That's why democracy was picked. And it was picked long ago for this era. 2,300 years ago, Plato talked about it, the coming democracy that would eventually rule the world, for this utopia of the elite. It's a utopia for the elite. Read the Republic, where he talks about breeding humans, the it's, the ordinary common people, it's, he called them, they be bred for specific tasks for their, their jobs. If you want a tall guy to clean windows, you'll breed him that way. If you want a small, short guy to go down mines, you'll breed him that way. And that's the way it'll be. They also want ones to travel in outer space to mine planets way, way in the future. And they've talked about that from documentary specials put out by NASA. And the narrator was... David Suzuki, a big player with the World Wildlife Fund, with the United Nations. He himself is a geneticist, and he also believes in vastly reducing the population to save the world, of course, and the poor little fuzzy animals. He said that on national television, CBC, and no one even asked what he was talking about when he talked about reducing the population drastically. Of course, when we hear these things, we don't want to believe what they say. And the other part is the average person who hears it thinks, well, it doesn't mean me. I'm too important. That's how the average person thinks. They never do that. They can be very, very brazen, and they are very brazen, but your average can't really believe they mean what they say. I've told people about some books to collect, and they should really start making their collection of these books while they can still get them, because over the last hundred years, Major books have been put out with this agenda, written into it, and they're very blatant about it. And these frontmen, these authors, are not putting out wish lists of what they would like to happen. You can count on it that the think tanks came out with that, they were debated, then the authors were allowed to write about it. These will happen. These guys don't make wish lists, they make plans, and they do implement their plans. You can count on that. Whatever they say they will do, they will do. Now, we know, too, for instance, if you study the British medical journals, The Lancet, and other records from Britain, look into the history of inoculations. Fascinating subject. 
you'll find that in the 1800s, it was made mandatory at some point to give uh, smallpox vaccination to test groups of people. 10,000 were the first group. Every single one of those 10,000 came down with smallpox. They were giving them the disease and observing the results. But they trained the population through propaganda like Jacques Elaw talks about. All fiction is actually propaganda. It's predictive programming. And we are taught that all medicine and all doctors and scientists are good. They are benefactors. I'll be back after the following messages. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor. The rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Alan Watt back with Cutting Through the Matrix. And what a matrix this is. Multi-leveled. Talking about the inoculations. Read. Read the books put out and the articles put out by Dr. Salk, S-A-L-K, the guy who's claimed to be their great savior for preventing polio. Read of his associations with the Eugenic Society and his speeches concerning population reduction and the necessity for doing so by even deceptive methods before he became the hero and gave us these contaminated polio vaccines with all the cancer viruses in them. This is all admitted to now. They just unfortunately didn't know that the cancer viruses would be so drastic in the population by giving us all cancers. And sure enough, all the populations who got the first inoculations, especially in the 1950s, they're all dropping around with all kinds of cancers. The simian 40 virus was the main one, which uh, has only one purpose, and that is to cause cancer. But according to Sock, yeah, he knew this was all in the the actual um, serums. He knew this, but he said that the benefits would outweigh the risks, he said. And he was given full backing by all major countries to do so. That's another little clue that there was more behind it than met the eye. The odd thing is, if you go into the history of polio reduction, did it really get reduced? Because suddenly a new thing came out and became very common called encephalitis and meningitis. And what does it cause? The same symptoms as polio victims. So we're being conned left, right, and center because this old eugenics program has been here for a long, long time, and it's used on the public. You don't tell the children. We are the children. You don't tell the children of all the things that they're doing, because, well, we just wouldn't understand. We wouldn't see the the long-term necessity to kill kill down the population. We might not go along with it. We'd be rather unhappy. And so you don't tell the children, and we are the children. Going back to the to the chemtrails, uh, this uh, the, the, the chemtrails were used again back in the 50s and experimented on 
mainly with populations in Britain. We find that even cadmium gas, uh, gas gas-containing cadmium substance was released off naval ships of Britain and allowed to come into places like Norwich, where they then would follow the population through the National Health Service down through their lives and take data and statistics and all the cancers that they came down with. It's quite the thing. We find in Canada, the U.S. had an agreement with the Canadian government to spray vast quantities of a particular type of gas containing viruses over the entire city of Winnipeg for two weeks solid at low level. And they did the same thing. They followed their medical histories down through the many, many years and their children's as well to see what they came down with. And here we are being told always to worry about some guys across the sea who might want to kill us. We don't have to worry about that since our own guys at the top are doing a very good job and have been before you were even born. With the aerial spraying, they were testing some of the, these substances we're seeing today as early as the 1950s. When I was small, I remember seeing a big figure eight made right over my head. And I asked my uncle, who was in the Air Force at the time, what that was. It lasted for hours and hours and hours before it dissipated. And he told me he was baffled. It wasn't a condensation trail that doesn't last very long, a minute and a half at the most. This thing literally was repeated back in the late 80s in Canada when they started spraying on a pretty well daily basis after they signed the Open Skies Treaty. If you want to find what the Open Skies Treaty is, remember that there are two of them. One is a front, a fake, for passenger planes, but the other one, if you search it out, is actually about foreign pilots who can use your own aircraft, if necessary, or their own, to supposedly do reconnaissance missions over your country, your territories, accompanied with observation aircraft, now, why would you have observation aircraft following these pilots who are observing you? But it's just to make sure that they are doing the spraying over you. This is a Dr. Strangelove policy where our Air Force goes over to other countries and sprays other people, and their countries come over and, and spray us. That way you're guaranteed it's being done. And there's only a few places that are not being sprayed. China seems to be fairly clear. That's the workforce, you see, for the, for the present and the near future. They don't want them all to be too sick. They want a productive, efficient system. And parts of Africa aren't getting it either. However, in Africa, they have, in some parts of it, decimated many people with AIDS. AIDS seems almost specifically designed for people of African descent. We are, as I say, living in a nightmare. We wake up from a dream into the nightmare and it's a hard thing for most people to take. It's not mentioned in your daily 6 o'clock news. Back after the following messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. That the dice are loaded, everybody rolls with their 
fingers crossed Everybody knows the war is over Everybody knows the good guys lost Everybody knows the fight was fixed The poor stay poor, the rich get rich That's how it goes Everybody folks on Walk Back with Cutting Through the Matrix, and I think Mark from Illinois is there. Are you still there, Mark? Hello? Hello? Hello, Mark? Yeah, I just want to tell you, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I heard you on the, the John Stottlemyre show, and ever since you've had this show, I've never missed a Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. Uh-huh. And, and I'm, I'm calling tonight. Uh, it's a little bit off topic of uh, what you're talking about tonight, but last night... You know, I, I was in a focus group, you know, because I do these focus groups for extra cash. And and I've been in several. And last night it was about, you know, one of the questions that got me into this focus group was, you know, because I, I go to church, but I'm not involved in my church or volunteer at my church. And, and the focus group was, was, am I open to a new religion, new spiritual experience? So I went to this focus group, and it was, you know, it had this beautiful marketing Plan and it was it was called Touchstones. Uh, join us for a spiritual journey. And all I could think about was your radio show because it was completely a, a new religion. That because when you go to these focus groups, it would be like a, a meat product, and then a year later you see this meat product on the shelf at your grocery store. And so we talked about you know spiritualism and this, that, and the other, and what would appeal to me and what would get me to join a group, you know, or, or walk into a new church for a new age. Mm-hmm. Well, and you can be that. sure that that just has been, has been well drafted up, that whole part of the marketing strategy, and it's going on in many other focus groups under many different names and guises. It's all the same thing. Uh, if you read Michael Gorbachev's book, towards a new civilization. He tells you in there, he says, I myself am an atheist. However, he says, um, we, the globalists he's talking about, are in the process of creating a new world religion for the masses. It will be based on a form of earth-type worship and nature, which ties in with the agenda, because in other words, everything will revolve around this new type of economy around nature, and that will do with the population control, sterilization, who can breed, who won't breed, all to save Mother Earth under the guise of a spiritual journey. And this is well, well documented, this kind of stuff. And yeah, you're right, it's being preached now through a whole bunch of different guises across the world. Uh, always coming from, um, initially, the main corporations, they send a lot of their employees to these groups, a lot of high-level bureaucrats, in fact, that I know. Uh, and federal government positions are also sent to these type of encounter or focus groups. And this is what's been, been taught for years that is speeding up the process now. Now, well, they had, you know, in my group there was about 12 people, and they just wanted, you know, our ideas or, you know, what, what appealed to us, but they wouldn't let us, this is the first focus group I've ever done, where they wouldn't let us take the material with us when we left. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the ladies in the group, she was, uh, um, she worked for a big fast food chain as a marketing individual and she was talking about oh, how appealing this was and they had the mission statement out there and and they made it clear that the mission statement wouldn't be 
shown to the average person that would walk in the church. This is a, a statement that they use to, you know, um, they use to, you know, to, to to guide and mentor people. And and behind, and so he did. This lasted about two hours. They do last about two hours. And the the guy got up and he went back and then he came back with questions. And the main questions were, well, what? How would we? How could they? if we just wouldn't believe it off the street. And, you know, everybody said, well, it'd have to be... We, and the majority of the group said that they would join or go to something like this to check it out if it was brought up by their by their pastors or their priests or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I could see the writing on the wall, and it just came so clear to me, like you said in the show, that this stuff comes from the top, and then you think it's a, you think it's a grassroots movement. Yes. And it it's was just marketed right to the bottom. And if you, again, if you go into the... The World Council of Churches, uh, which is an interesting name, WCC is a form of Wicca, is your wise, and, uh, and they love these little, uh, you know, jokes on the public. But uh, that was set up by the Rockefeller Foundation, and David Rockefeller was the first chairman for years. I think now he's the assistant chairman, or one of them is. And the whole idea was to bring in all the American regular Christian religions. And eventually, gradually, over a span of 20 to 30 years, change their whole leaning towards a certain direction, a unification towards a new religion. And, and so it's been going on from many levels, and you're, and you're right. Nothing comes from the grassroots. It takes a lot of think tanks and work to put these particular courses together. And they use facilitators uh, at meetings who already know what the questions will be. They know all the answers to give the counter-answers to your objections and so on, as they bring you to a desired conclusion, which you are supposed to think is your own. Uh, so it's a scientific technique of, of uh, marketing an idea right into your head and guiding you to what you think is your conclusion. It works very well, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I just so I couldn't wait to call you today and tell you that I'm a believer. I mean, I believe everything you say. And sitting there last night, and how they want to know if touchstones was a, like where the O would go was a little stone, uh, and it was very appealing. The font was nice, and you know it's a new religion. And the topics you know that they combined were you know all nature, you know gardening and exactly. flowering, bringing you close to a spiritual event. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know every it was very 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 slick. You know, yep. Yeah, and they wanted they had questions for each one of us because we were all picked because we were all. You could tell the group was all over 40 and had children, you know, yep. younger children. Yep. And and they just wanted to know how they could get your kids in there. That was their main, that was the last question. They always okay. go for the children, yeah. Yeah. Hey, the well, next generation. Alan, I just want to tell you, keep doing what you're doing. And I'm a Monday, Wednesday, Friday listener, and I, I'm going to, I plan on getting your, your books as, uh, uh, as soon as I get paid. So Sure enough. But keep it up, man. I really enjoy your show. Thanks and for I've, calling. I've, 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 rec- I've actually had a one night. I had about eight eight friends over, and we li- you know we listened to you. This is when you were filling in for a two hour show before you you got your own show, and everybody listens to you if they. You know, we talk about you all the time at work. That's good. That's good. It's catching on. Yeah. Yeah, you're catching on. Hey, we'll have a good evening. And thanks again. You too. Bye bye. Yeah, people should go into this um, whole business of uh, how their beliefs are given to them and shaped and updated and upgraded like a computer program so slickly 
that they often don't realize it themselves. They've been guiding to the next step, the next step, and the next step, and the next step without really consciously making decisions for themselves. Uh, that's how slick this whole technique, again, back to technique, bringing people to a, a, uh, a required conclusion, a predetermined conclusion, that's what technique is, and how they use facilitators to put it across where every possible objection you could have or question, uh, far from stumping the, the lecturer, he's already trained in all these questions that you could possibly think of. They use computers even to generate questions and, and they bring out the, the answers to try and get around you and guide you all into predetermined conclusions. And what's interesting, too, they always uh, look for the, the people-pleasers. They put the people-pleasers. You'll find people-pleasers in every group. These are the ones who would bring an apple for the teacher and be goody two-shoes. They put them in the front row. And so if you object to the proceedings in any way at all, uh, these are the ones that the, the facilitator counts on uh, to start the mob, the collective there, to turn against you for asking the wrong questions. They'll say, shh, let them speak. Let, the, let this guy teach. Rather let you continue and, and voice your complaints or objections. Everything in those meetings is guided. And touch stone, again, the love stone and rock and all this stuff because it's Masonic at the top. You always find that all catchwords are very highly symbolic. It's no coincidence, for instance, you look at even the ancient Egypt and you see the obelisk. The obelisk really is the big phallus, it's a phallic symbol of the virility of a particular high person, a pharaoh or one of the members of nobility. And it's squared in all four sides and tapers down to the, to the, or to the top. You'll find the little pyramid top it has on it. Pyramidon, they call it. And you'll see that, that also, uh, put that next to a rocket, for instance. And what's a rocket? What does that look like? It's very it's much the same. It's the rock of the ET. For for the Christians, it's the end times. For those who are into aliens, it's extraterrestrial. They love these little jokes, you see. And it's really to, to transmit a plan. That's what it really means. So they have rock and rocket. Touchstones have Arthur and his sword in the stone. Highly symbolic again, where only the certain ones can pull it the ones with the magnetic power within them. Antonio from Maryland, I think it is. Are you there on the line? Antonio? Hello? hello. Yes. Yes, hello, Alan. How are you? Not so bad. All right. Um, I've called in before. Um, um, thank you for taking my call again. Um, I was listening to your uh, one of your callers who just called in concerning the new religion and everything. Um, there was a book that came out um, I guess it's been over, uh, I guess, uh, 15 years or so, called The Celestine Prophecies. Yes. That was uh, sort of touched on like a new religion theme as in nature being, you know, one with everyone else and so forth and so on and everything. Yep. And uh, also um, I wanted to ask you a question concerning um, um, the topics of today, um, it seems like um, everyone's attention is, uh, well, not that it's not always this way, um, it's been purposely uh, distracted towards um, other things, uh, such as the uh, race problems down in Louisiana and Jena, and um, some other things, such as uh, 
and rather um, recently coming out and saying that the news organizations are being manipulated by the government with the information that they're releasing and so forth and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I noticed they even revived O.J. Simpson, highly symbolic. Oh, yes. I mean, all this stuff dragged out over again, rehashed news just to keep uh, us all distracted with the old sex and violence and all the rest of it. It works like a charm every time. But yeah, you're right. They're, they're diverting us uh, with other things and trivia. Dan, rather, uh, if you look at some of the declassified information that's been published now and bo- authorized to be published in books now concerning CIA operative, operatives in the U.S. and MI6 in Britain, you'll find that Dan Rather was a part of a group uh, attached to the CIA. So he's a man who, who can hardly, you know, call, call other people names when he's been embedded or embedded, he's really embedded reporter for, for his, most of his life. That's been his job. So... For him to, to uh, you know, claim them in the media is in bed with everything, well, he's probably playing some game here because he's been in bed with them his whole life. Yeah. Yes, uh, I guess uh, him and quite a few other anchors uh, throughout their lives. Yeah. And, and newsmen. All right. Well, I, I appreciate your time, and um, uh, good luck with um, all your work at, um, at home and, and your show. And uh, thanks for all that you do. Yeah, thanks for calling. Yeah, we get trivia and data. And we get overloaded with trivia and data. And that's all it is. It's just masses of data. It doesn't help us to do anything. It doesn't help us to think about anything or come to, to any great conclusions about anything. It's all meant to distract us and fill our heads with just dead air, basically. When you have dead air in your head, then you have no threat to anyone. Meantime, meanwhile, we see this war on terror, uh, which is a war of terror on the public, Oh, full steam ahead, they're stepping it up. And I shudder to think what will happen when you see all of the laws being executed that's been written into the books. There are thousands of them. It's a completely different world will emerge when they really start to show these laws in effect. It's going to be worse than any totalitarian state that the Soviets or the Nazis could ever have dreamed up. It's never been done before in such a scale. It's a world scale, too, remember. And going back to an earlier comment I made about uh, Lenin, he talked about the necessity of using terror to motivate the people to get them going blindly along and obeying orders. He knew that this would work because they'd used it in the French Revolution. The French Revolution was a great big study where the scientists of the day, the intelligentsia, went into France to observe how this would work on a population uh, for the first time, the use of terror and paranoia, which it generates amongst the populace. So Lenin took over from Mazzini, the World Revolutionary Party, then renamed it the Communist Party. Mazzini was trained by Albert Pike. He took over the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry. These were all Masonic institutions. And Mazzini also authorized the startup of what was called the Mafia, that is also a Masonic organization which deals with the underworld as above, so below. And so you have the legal system run by Masons above, and they can't use their own laws or they have to break their laws to use their brothers down below to do it all for them. But Lenin took over this World Revolutionary Party that was meant to bring globalism in, 
And he said that terror was the most effective means to paralyze the minds of the public while they rushed them through massive changes. Lenin authorized groups and bands of soldiers to go into every town and village in the country right throughout Russia and just grab 20 people of any age, men, women, or children, hang them, put them on trees, leave them to rot, to terrify everyone else in the town or the villages. And that's, that's a great benefactor for communism. Well, he was just working the dialectic for the West because communism, as we know, was funded entirely from New York and London and set up way ahead of when the public ever, ever heard of it. So terror is to be used in the same way on the rest of the world. It's been used now. We are taught, taught to just obey, obey, don't think, be scared, and obey. It works very well to bring us through massive changes, changes where we're giving up all our freedoms. And what we will notice with uh, the major media right after 9-11, every Western country went into action at the same time by using uh, the reporters on the street with the man in the street, the man and woman in the street, asking them the same questions. Are you prepared to give up all your rights for, or, or, and all your freedoms for safety? And they did poll after poll. They published them in the newspapers. And this was all fed to the data banks above. And they found that, unfortunately, 80-odd uh, percent of women were willing to do this. That's what Hitler said, too. We will aim the propaganda at the female the man must follow. I'll be back after the following messages. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost Everybody knows The fight was fixed The poor stay poor The rich get rich That's how it goes Everybody knows Hi folks Alan Watt back with Cutting Through the Matrix Just mentioning how terror works so well It's predictable And people will act in predictable ways to it, because Hitler, as I say, said we must aim our propaganda mainly at the women regarding giving them food, ensuring them food and safety and security, because she will come to us, it's her nature, and the children will then follow the mother and then must follow the man. Now, how did he know that? Well, he'd done his, his homework, and you'll find the same statements were made by every tyrant in ancient history. It's a science, you see. They use the, the, the female psychology and they use the male psychology. The men see all the tribal flags coming out. They see the top chief saying, we've got to go to war to save ourselves, protect and survive. And he marches off to war. And so we're all used. We're used so easily because these are old formulas. They understand our nature too well. We're very predictable. Now, for those who... Listen to my shows. I ask for your support. I can accept donations. Remember, personal checks are accepted from the U.S. and Canada. If you want to send things that way, I'm trying to get an easier way to do it, and that will come up shortly in the near future. Also, 
You can buy the books I have, which are different from the usual books you'll read. I don't go through just histories and histories and dates and times and places and numbers and facts and so on. I show the, the techniques uh, of, of basically the coding that's hidden within your language, within the system, within pictures, things which you're supposed to be able to see but you've been taught not to see. That's the old meaning of, of teaching the blind to see. Things which are in front of you have been obscured by the way you've been taught to perceive things or even not to perceive them. I try to break through that. And they're written in such a way that your mind should start participating in what you're reading as opposed to the regular method where you're taught to simply read and, and be downloaded with. You don't participate in thinking while you're reading. Mine is the opposite. And I show you some of the coding as well, as I say. And some of the numerology that's all around you, you'll see it in newspapers, you'll see the buzzwords, catchphrases, etc., and I explain what they mean. That's it's very, a very important start for people. And this was all done when they revived or updated the English language in the 1500s. Francis Bacon talked about it. He said, we are creating the new international language of the future. He and John Dee before him and all the rest of them old teams of high priests working on this, an old science of creating vocabulary and language. They understood this perfectly well, and they said that they were in the process of creating the international language of the future that would be used in all business. And these are the same characters in the 1500s who came up with the idea of a world based on free trade, which would then incorporate themselves into a global whole because you might, your laws must all become standardized to do so. Everything goes around economics. Well, from Hamish, my dog, and myself up here in Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.